0: before we get into the the, the preaching of the word to get our hearts ministered to and right before him and and just let him come because worship is an amazing transaction that, uh, you know, much like our relationships um, with our wives and, you know, when we give out love, we end up being blessed by it. Same thing with our worship time. As we worship him, as we give out to him, we end up being blessed also, so. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for another day and another opportunity to worship you freely, worship you in spirit and in truth. God, we pray that you would be magnified and glorified. We are not here for ourselves. We're here for you this morning to give you praise and to celebrate you, Lord. But we admit we need you. We need a touch from you. Um, It gets... It gets tiring sometimes in this life, so we just pray that you would refresh us today. Give us hope. Give us vision, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm-hmm. Are we in tune this morning? Mm-hmm.
1: With keys of the kingdom, do declare the day of our freedom. standing on his promises stronger than we've ever been we are standing on his promises stronger than we've ever been we are standing
0: that you're standing on this morning. Amen. You know, God gives us promises. We we can claim them and see them in the word, but we don't always see them come to pass in our time frame. We just need to keep standing and pressing in and praising him in the middle of the storm. Don't ever give up. Don't ever lose hope. Thank you. Discouragement, God, we put all of our faith and hope in you. And we thank you for the victory that is in Jesus Christ. We just need the gifts that you want us to have, the things that you want us to have, God. We don't need anything else. God, you've blessed us with your presence, with your love, and you see fit to bring certain people into our lives, to bring us to certain places, to bless us with certain things we need nothing more than what you have for us. Teach us enough amen Did you greet someone this morning tell them Jesus is more than enough for me
2: Welcome to the Journey Church. (laughs) If you're visiting for the first time, we're so excited to have you and we'd love to get connected with you. One of the ways you can do that is by filling out the connection cards that are located in the pockets of the seats, and then you can put that in the tithe and offering boxes in the back of the building. And um, I only have one, it's kind of like a precursor announcement, so it's not like a full announcement, because Rob is going to give you all the details for it, but we're super excited. We're thinking about doing a barbecue on the 4th of July, since the 4th of July is on a Sunday. Um, I believe down at somewhere by Meadow Park, we're going to bring our big old barbecue out there, and we're going to fellowship together. We're going to celebrate the freedom that we have here in America and the freedom that we have in Christ. Amen? All right. So, once again, he'll give more details on that because it's kind of a last-minute thing. So. um so now we're just going to move into our time of tithes and offerings. And um, I wanted to, I just felt the Lord was speaking this to us. Where it says, <laughs> "I'm shaking. Um, it says, where to go? In the song that we were singing, we're standing on the promises, standing on the pr- promises of Christ our Savior. And then before that, when it says, we're going to see what we're praying for. We believe every single word, stronger than we've ever been, standing on his promises we're going to see the impossible we release the supernatural stronger than we've ever been we are standing on his promises and i felt like the lord just kind of brought that out because when we give god's word talks about how tithing he'll open the floodgates and to test him in that and i don't know if you guys are very good at math but when i give 10% out of my pocket back to god normally like in in the physical realm When you give 10% away, that that money's gone, right? But when we give because of what Christ has done and we're believing in the supernatural and we're believing in his promises, that 10% grows even more. And I've noticed that when I started tithing faithfully, like I had more money than I, well, uh, I was going to say than I knew what to do with, but I know it. (laughs) But God's blessing just overflowed and I didn't have to worry. And God just, he, he provides in every way possible in such a supernatural way. And I just wanted to encourage us in that, that we are, we're standing on his promises that he said to test him in this, and that when we give faithfully to the church, that's our opportunity to put our trust and our faith in him, and once again, to stand on the promises and believe that he's going to open the floodgates. Amen? All right, let's pray real quick. Father, you are so good, and we thank you for your promises. God, we ask that you would give us that faith, that you would allow us to trust in you and know that you fulfill those promises in our life. God, as we get just so distracted by the world, and whether it's finances or po- politics or anything that's going on in the world right now, it's so easy to keep our eyes off of you. God, and just as we're going to be learning in, in this series of, of Focus, I ask that even in our giving and our tithes and our offerings to you, Lord, that we would be so focused on the mission at hand, which is to preach and teach the gospel to the ends of this earth. Whether it's through our missionaries, whether it's through um, the different ministries right here in our church body, God, we believe that your voice, your truth is going to be heard. God, use us as your vessels, as your hands and your feet to tell the world about who you are. We love you so, so much, and we thank you so much, God, for the many blessings that you already give us, and in Jesus' name we pray, amen.
0: Amen. Hey welcome to all those also tuning in online. Um, every week there's part of the family is uh, tuning in from different places online but I have to say this this morning it's really great to see you know some people come you know, home, home again Tom and Jim and Ginger and you know praise the Lord that we are able to uh, come and, and be together and uh, it's just a blessing. It's a blessing. I think we might have, uh, maybe in a few w- weeks, we'll do a, an official back to, back to church Sunday. That'd be good. <laughs> Amen. All right. So, yeah, so uh, Jesse was mentioning 4th uh, of July, like a barbecue. So, uh, you know, I just thought it'd be a really neat time to get together. So my thought, but see, this is like an interesting thing. I could do, you going to have to do this by people. I was thinking of doing it late evening so that you can barbecue, hang out, and then watch the fireworks. But like some of you might not go to the fireworks, and maybe wouldn't come because of it. That, but that's kind of what we want to do. We're gonna have, a, so we're in Meadow Park. Um, I'm gonna to try to get the barbecue truck. If not, we'll make sure we get a barbecue, and we will bar, we'll bring, uh, bring food, um, we'll have some of it, but really what it's gonna be is bring stuff together, and bring your own meal completely, bring stuff to share, however you want to we just bring stuff, we'll have the barbecue going, and we can barbecue, you can use the barbecue. Um, and we'll just have uh, food if you just want to make sandwiches you do it that way, but let's get together um, And have uh, just a time of uh, fellowship before the the fireworks And if you just want to come and then go home um, weather should be good. So let's do it. Let's do it at, um, Like at six o'clock that way. It's only a few more hours to the thing um, if you want of course feel free It's a park. It's free country. You can get there early but we'll, we'll have the barbecue go and we'll start like cooking some stuff up right at six so we can eat um, you know, right away, uh, and so I'll have that going. So that's obviously Sunday, is fourth. Friday. Yep. Where about, um, so, where I'm thinking of parking is is in between the baseball field and the, the other part of the park. Um, oh man, we got something from the park. If I park a trailer in there, am I gonna get in trouble? A little short. Uh, just call it. Okay, okay. I'm just gonna take one parking space with the trailer. <laughs> it's not too big. Anyways, i um, put Ben on the spot right now. <laughs> anyway, so that's, that's the plan. If that doesn't work, we'll have to go get a barbecue. We'll just bring a hibachi. We'll do something. Anyways, um, so that's, that's, the, that's the design. Obviously, I've got the truck and the trailer. You'll, you'll, if I'm not there and I had to move somewhere else, you'll see me somewhere around there. Um, and then that way, we normally watch. We shouldn't put this online because we found a great spot to watch the fireworks. We're going to share it with you. Believe it or not, right from um, shortstop, no, between second and third, yeah, second and third, base on the, on the baseball field, which is closest to the lake, you sit there, it's all grass, and it's a perfect view of the fireworks. We all think we have to be right on the lake. This is it's just like on lake, but you don't have as many mosquitoes. It's a little bit softer. It's awesome. So that's been our secret spot, and now it's no longer a secret. Anyway, so um, and is that so? So you can, of course, watch fireworks wherever you want. If you don't want to join us there, uh, but that's what we're gonna do. Hey, Amen. It'll be fun. fun. Yeah, you can watch the fireworks online too. And if you watch them from from uh, the East Coast, you can watch them earlier and then go to bed. All right. So we are. Finishing up our series on focus this week, and uh, I'm excited to be here as we close out the series. Um, we've hit on a number of aspects of focus, and in the uh, preparation of this message and, and going through it, we really felt like it'd be appropriate um, and really important to, to share one of the most important facets of our faith and our focus, and that's our mission. So this morning we talk about focus on our mission. Um, Believe it or not, pastors, preachers, evangelists, they're not the only ones that are called to reach the lost with the message of Christ. God desires that all of us can play a part in the Great Commission. So today I want, to, I want us to regain a, a fire within us for reaching those that are lost. And, and I, I feel like you know, we are living in, and it's been this way, but it's getting more obvious, a post-Christian era. You know, that's what even scientists call it. We're living in a post-Christian era in the United States. Um, there used to be an assumption in this nation not that long ago that people were Christian. And by numbers, uh, you know, uh, way more than 50% of, of people j- just 20, 30, 40 years ago uh, labeled themselves as, as Christian and even evangelical. Um, I mean, I believe at some points it was probably 80, 90% not that long ago. Uh, today I don't have any statistics, but we can see that there's just an erosion of, of that, and we're living in a post-Christian society as well. In addition to that, we're living in a society that Christian churches and people that uh, are Christian or have been Christian are walking away from the, the fundamental doctrines of the Christian faith, at times really making calling into question whether or not they're even saved. And, and I'm not saying we're gonna look at individual people, but when you begin to walk away and add to the gospel other ways of salvation, or say that there's more more than one way to be saved, that's not the gospel. The Bible is very clear with that. There's one way to salvation, Jesus Christ. So it is important for us to get that fire again to share Jesus with the world so that, Christ, that all can be found through him. Uh, we've been talking about this thing, this thing called focus. We've talked about focusing on the good. Remember the first week we focus on the good. Uh, the next week we talked about focusing on Christ specifically. Last week we talked about focusing on the future, on the future. This morning we want to spend our time focusing on our mission. When we talk about focusing on our mission, immediately I, I think some people begin to think about what they believe their personal mission is, uh, is to be in the world. Um, you know, they're, Maybe the mission to be the best godly parent you can be. Uh, The mission to make a lot of money so that you can help ministries and and missions and things like that. So uh, you might have a mission to be an amazing grandparent and um, to bring your grandkids to Jesus. Uh, You might have a mission to learn another language so you can be a missionary. These are all great Missions they're all they're all wonderful. They're legitimate missions and they're individual, but God gives us a mission um, That is for us individually and corporately and it's the same mission As God gives you a mission and lead you into it personally focus on that mission Whatever he's calling you to commiserate with God's individual will and purpose for your life And, and what I mean is that yes, God might give you a specific mission to reach but but you need to even walk in step with him as you focus on that because some people focus on what they believe their mission to be and they abandon everything else and they've all, they can you can be doing a good thing but actually have gone further than God wants you to go in that moment you know um, so we want to we want to do it in step with him our individual purpose and will and as we do that we don't want to miss God's overall purpose and mission the missional focus I want to talk about this morning is, is all of our mission. It's not just for, for any of you or just for me or for missionaries. It's not just it, it's for every single one of us. And that was given by our commander-in-chief personally. He, he gave that mission to us, but he also said that we shouldn't, that we couldn't do it on our own. So he sends the Holy Spirit to us to empower us. We're going to talk a little bit about that this morning. He sends the Holy Spirit to live in us so that we could work in conjunction with him in order to fulfill the mission. Because we're working with the Holy Spirit, we don't have to do it alone. Just like if you uh, work alongside somebody, you know, if you're, you have a job and, and you work alongside somebody else, that other person is called your co-worker, right? So we don't just have a mission we have a co-mission. We've been commissioned to fulfill the mission. And we're, we have a co-mission because we're doing it alongside with the Holy Spirit inside of us. God has a mission for us. And it's preached in various ways. I want to bring a, a slightly different bent. You, you, you've heard a message like this before. I've preached messages like this. This is, this is a normal message we hear in church. But I want to preach with a slightly different bent this morning. And I want to understand and have a different understanding to add it to our mission. Um, there there's some great memory verses that go along with today's message, and we'll probably get though get to those throughout the year because I don't want to get to the end of the year without memorizing those also. But our key scripture today is also our memory verse. Okay, that's go with me in your Bible Habakkuk chapter two, verse four. Our key verse for this morning and the memory verse is Habakkuk two fourteen. I'm sorry, two fourteen. It says this, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. I I want that to, that's going to be our memory verse. It's going to be something we're going to focus on this morning in the message that the whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. I, 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 was, I actually changed the memory verse this morning. I was going to use one of the other verses in the, in the title, in the text this morning, but I really felt like this is going to help us remember this sermon because we're going to talk about the glory of the Lord filling the earth. So what is glory? That that's that's the first thing that we need to know if we're going to talk about that the the glory of the Lord is going to fill the knowledge of the glory of the Lord is going to fill the earth. What is glory? Well, the simple definition, which doesn't always help, is weight. The word "kabod" in the Hebrew means weight, simply, but it gives so many other meanings, and it and it means splendor. Um, So you think, well, well, what is what is glory? So we're going to have to try to define it. And it's really one of those words that are hard to define. There's words that are easier to define um, and, and some that are difficult. I don't know if you've ever tried to de, uh, you know, define a word. If you've ever worked with somebody from a different country uh, who speaks a different language and a, and a word comes up and they go, what does that word mean? There's probably been some times you're like, I don't know how to tell you that. i got to think about that. And obviously some, some are easy. If somebody says, well, what's a dog? You could say, well it's, it's, it's an animal. They usually, you know, they, they have hair They They can be in different sizes. Um, in the United States, we, we, you know, domesticate them and we have them in our homes. They're pets, they, they can be very helpful. They, they make a sound like this. Woof, 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 woof. You know, you could do something. Like, you could describe what a dog is. They have a tail and, and they, they have ears some point up and some flop down and you can describe a dog. You can describe a table. You know, well, what, what's a table? Well, it's, it's, a, it's a, a flat platform. It usually has some legs that hold it off of the ground so that you can eat at it and you can put things on it. Um, you could describe you could describe a table, you could describe a chair. How about beauty? How could you describe beauty? Ooh, that, that one's kind of tough, because beauty is in the eye of the beholder. So So you, say what, what, So what you'd probably want to do to describe beauty, is that you would take the person, and every time there was something beautiful, you would, you would have to say that. And they go, oh, we call those flowers. <laughs> no, 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 wait, no, not just that. And you look at the sunset, maybe, and go, well, that. Oh, well, what do those have? Oh, orange flowers, orange, orange, the color orange. Be, no, no, no. And you look, at the, you look at the moon and the stars, and you, you look at a, a river, and you start finding things that are, that are beautiful. And people begin to go, oh, I mean, all those things were brought me delight. They brought me, they, they made me feel good. I thought they were really pleasant to look at. <gasps> That's beautiful, right? That's one way we could do beautiful. Um, so we have to think about, so what, what is glory? Um, Psalm 19.1 says this, the heavens declare the glory of God. The heavens declare the glory of God. So when we think about the st- and when, for me, when I think of the heavens, I typically think of the night sky. But I mean, I, the daytime sky is out there too. The sun is pretty awesome. Um, and that, I guess, is also part of God's glory. The heavens declare the glory of God. I look up at those night skies and I see the the stars I see the planets as I used to think were stars and sometimes they're actually planets and I and I see the cosmos and I see um, you know I see uh, shooting stars and I see the moon I see all the stuff, and they, and they are declaring the glory of God how a number of ways one they're beautiful the beauty of, of that declares the glory of God the power of the Sun declares the glory of God the, um, the, the immensity of it, how, how large it is and how, how well-constructed the universe was and how everything floats together in orbit and everything's perfectly aligned declares the glory of God. The heavens begin to declare and describe the glory of God. Listen to uh, this word from Leviticus chapter 10. In, in Leviticus 10.3, God says he will be shown to be holy among those who are near him and before all the people, he will be glorified. So, so first we have this idea of glory is connected to, to beauty and power. And now we have glory connected to holiness. Well, then again, you go, okay, well, what's holiness? These are, these are words that are hard to describe. Uh, We, we use them Um, but we don't always understand what they mean. Literally, the word holy, which is also translated in the Hebrew Bible as sanctified, means set apart. That is the basic meaning of the word holy. It's set apart, or it's otherly. It's different. It's a cut above. And when you begin to think of things being holy, and if they are separate from you and me, that means that they're otherworldly. They're better than us. They don't have the flaws that we have in it. Holiness is set apart, but it also means perfect. It means above other things. It's awesome. We, we want to be righteous. We want to be holy. We want to be set apart. We want to be only used for God. And God himself is holy he is not like other things. One of the, one of the difficulties that we have as, as humans, as believers, is that we, we assign and limit the attributes that God has. We give him attributes, we, we, and he has attributes, but sometimes they're limiting. We've got to be careful not to just think of God as only a person. Instead, think of a person as a part and reflection of part of God. Instead of looking at God as part of us. Does that make sense? Because you might say, well, God's like a father. And, you know, I had a great father, so he's like my father. He's way, you know, he's better. If you had a great father, your, your father had parts of God, not the other way around. We have to understand that God is separate. He's a cut above. He is better than all of these things, including all the attributes that you can think of, including Love and mercy and grace. So, so holiness is set apart. It's better than glory. Includes holiness. Glory includes beauty. Glory includes power. It says, "I will be shown to be holy, and among all the people, I will be glorified." So, to reckon, to apprehend, and 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 get this thing of holiness, um, we need to perceive and see His glory also the glory of God is is connected with beauty all the things that make him beautiful it's connected with his holiness um set apart a cut above we connect the word righteous with holy because because that's like set apart from us It's different than us no God has nothing evil nothing wrong with him He is light. In him, there's no darkness at all. None. He is love. Not just he is loving. There's a lot, there's people that are really loving. There's some spectacular people who have just an amazing amount of love. God doesn't have love, he is love. He is merciful, he is gracious, he is forgiving. He is beautiful. He is perfect. He is glorious. He's glorious. John Piper uses this definition for glory. The glory of God is the infinite beauty and greatness of God's manifold perfections. And I was searching, like, what? What is glory? And I know. Ooh, I like that. Isn't that good? I'm gonna say. I will say it again. The glory of God is the infinite beauty and greatness of God's manifold perfections. And and how is that for a definition? Don't you just love people who can just just do that? Um, it, did you hear the manifold perfections? I mean, He is perfect. Is that we stand on? You're perfect in all of your ways. He's not just perfect in one way, manifold perfections. You know, there, there are people who you, you meet who maybe are so good at something and say, man, you're like, you're like perfect in this. I mean, like you, you can't be any better in this. And, then, and there's people that are just like, wow, they're, they're that good. And they're just amazing, right? And they're perfect maybe. And, and I know they're not quite perfect, but like, wow, in one way. God is manifold perfection. The glory of God is the infinite beauty and greatness of God's manifold perfections. So I read Psalm 19, 1, the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. The heavens declare, the word in, in Hebrew for declare is safar, like safar. It means to, it means to tell. Declare means just simply to tell. But it can also be used to inscribe or to enumerate intensively, to recount in celebration. So it's like this awesome, powerful declaring, telling. It almost makes me feel like it's it's shouting, but not in a bad way. You know, when good news happens and you run out the house, you just want to shout. Just want to shout. You know, I it's that iconic picture with the end of... World War II people shouted and said the, the war is the war is over and that that one sailor found that one nurse and they didn't know each other they just just he just laid a big kiss on her right in the street. It's, we've all seen that photo if you didn't know that those were two strangers that sailor and the nurse kissing two strangers it, it was just so exciting there was the declaration of wow there was it wasn't a sexual thing at all it was just like wow the heavens declare, shout, inscribe, enumerate. God is glorious. Awesome. So back in Habakkuk 2.14, for our, our memory verse and the key scripture, says, the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. The earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God. The heavens declare it. The heavens declare it and the people see it. We, as people, we experience the glory of God. But how do we experience it? We, 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 we experience it through God's grace in one way. Those who've received grace have received and seen part of the glory of God. Because you had your sins removed, you received mercy, you received love and all of these things are part of the glory of God. If you've ever had an encounter with the living God and you've experienced a little bit of His love and a little bit of His mercy and a little bit of His grace and you know that your sins were forgiven, you've experienced a little bit of the glory of God. And that's so powerful. You Know the glory of God. Now, in English, the word know is, is watered down kind of like the word love. And you know, we think because in the Greek, there's different words for love. No. In the Greek, there's all these words that describe different facets and we kind of all boil them down to love. See, in English, it's just love, but they have all these words, and we think, well, those are all translations of love. No, we, we have two simplified words. Sometimes we need to use other words to help us understand what love really is, and that's why Corinthians says love is patient, love is kind, love is never jealous, love is never envious, it's not boastful, it's not proud. All those things are love, and you go, love doesn't fill it enough, does it? it, it you, you say love, I love you. You go, know, man, that is such a weak word unless you understand what it means. Just like glory can be weak unless you understand what it means. you got to begin to think that you have seen his glory. You have experienced his glory. And as I started to say about the word know, in English we know. And, 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 and you could say, well, do you know who the president is? Well, yes, I know who the president is and I'm not very happy about it. And you can know people, and you can know other things, but you don't know them personally. There's a difference, but you still use the same word. Knowing can be about something, but it can also be personally knowing it. In in Greek, and in Hebrew, and in Spanish, the word is translated differently, and you can know personally the glory of God. Personally. Here's the thing, when you see the heavens you kind of go, wow, you know about the glory of God because you see it. But when you receive mercy, grace, love, when you're brought into relationship with God, you know his glory in a different way. You know it. And there are people who've gone to church and they've looked at other believers and they go, what is separating me from them? I go to church, I sing the songs too, but they're different. It's possible that they know the glory of God, that they know God in a way that you don't. You may know about him, but you may never have gotten to know him personally. And until you do, you're less looking at something glorious instead of experiencing the glory of God. So once we understand and we begin to walk in and experience the grace and the mercy of God, that is, and part of that might look, it's going to look a little different for all of you, but it's, it, when you've done something and you realize that you are bad. That's that's a hard thing. Especially if you're someone who works really hard at being good. When you realize that no matter how good you are, you're still bad that you hurt people. You know, all of us, everyone, all the nicest of people have the ability to hurt people. Why? Because they're bad. We're all, we've got this stuff in us, and we, we know our thoughts, and we, can, we don't always do everything right. I remember years ago we had a saint of God at the church, Dorothy Hall. And, and she discipled a lot of the young ladies and had to, and tea with them. And one of the times Shannon was with her, and, and Dorothy went to be with Jesus a, a few years back, and, and she just longed to be with Jesus. She was part of the founding of this church, even in the small, small rooms at the beginning in the 60s. She loved Jesus with all of her heart, and she just just seemed so kind. And Shannon said something effective. They were talking about hurting people, and and Shannon goes, Dorothy, you could never hurt anyone. You You couldn't imagine Dorothy ever hurting her. And Dorothy stopped and says, don't ever say that. I can hurt people. I have hurt people. I do hurt people. When you come face to face with no matter how hard you try, you still hurt. When you come face to face with the, the, the decisions that you've made that have hurt others and caused pain in people's lives or separated you from God and, you, and you're really going, I am bad and God comes in and you receive grace and you actually feel and understand that you've been forgiven not because you earned it, not because you deserve it, but because God is good, that is the beginning of experiencing and knowing His grace, which is part of the glory of God. So that's us as believers. We should know know the glory of God. So how does the earth get filled with the knowledge of the glory of God? We, like the heavens, get to help declare it. We get to declare the glory of God. When we proclaim it because of the beauty that we have received. You've you've received beauty, you, you give that and you express it back out. See, God created you and then he caused you to be born again. You are beautiful. And you can look at the person next to you and go, wow, you're beautiful. That way if they're falling asleep, you just wake them up. (laughs) They go, they go, why are you calling me beautiful? They're beautiful, created in God's image, born again. You're beautiful. I believe every person is intrinsically glorious and beautiful because we're made in God's image. There's a part of gloriousness that we all have, even if if you haven't met Jesus yet, because you are made in God's image. And yet I believe that we become even more glorious as we allow his glory to be revealed in our lives. We become more glorious. He is love and he loves us. And when we receive his love, we become loving. we, We receive it. If you're really receiving his love, you'll begin to become loving. He is merciful. When we receive his mercy, we begin to become merciful. The glory of God begins to become manifest in and through us as we receive him. And we become more and more like who and what he created us to be. In our lives, we begin to declare the glory of God. And as our lives begin to declare the glory of God, because we're beginning to look, act, be, like He created us to be glorious in its presentation, we start declaring the glory of God, and then we can beca- begin to share the knowledge of His glory. Do you see the, the the process there? We we see the glory. We begin to receive the glory. We get changed by the glory. We become more glorious. And now we get to share the knowledge of the gloriousness with others. Because there, there's, an old, there's an old saying, lots of things that have said uh, things like, um, share your faith at all costs, and if necessary, use words. And you go, oh, that's really good. It's really, right. It's like, in other words, that old thing I remember years ago, Jay Crozier up here, some of you guys might remember him. He shared it through, probably through Awanas or something, and he said, Your walk talks and your talk talks, but your walk talks louder than your talk talks. <laughs> Say that, you want to do that again? Yeah. Your walk talks and your talk talks, but your walk talks louder than your talk talks. Who, anyone else ever heard that? Okay, there's a few of you. All right. You know, oh, wow, it's true. True, you, you know, you can say things, but when you live it, it's, it's louder, it's better. But here, here's the thing with that sharing your faith and if necessary, use words, it's necessary. Because without the words, really all you're doing is being an example of yourself. And they, people go, wow, they are just a great person because they don't know why you're great. Somehow, you have to help people to know that if, if you have any glory in you, where it came from? You have to share it. And, and, and that's why some people come up to you and say, why are you different? They notice it. But they don't want to know why. Well, without the words, they're going to go, man, they're just, they're an amazing. Probably came from a good family, good stock. You know, probably didn't have a lot of trials in their life. Really dedicated, really disciplined people. They're just, that's why. No, no. Let me tell you. If you see anything good in me, let me tell you why it's there. Because I was made in the image of God. And he is glorious. And if you see anything that that might even begin to look glorious to you, it's because I've received his glory and it's changed me from the inside out. We begin to share the knowledge of His glory. First we shine, then we proclaim. We proclaim through being and telling. We have to tell. We have to tell. We have to tell of our glorious God. We have to tell of the infinite beauty and greatness of God's manifold perfections. There is no assuming that people know why. We have to share it. As we understand this, it helps us to interpret and apply God's other missional scriptures to us. Remember, this missional scripture was that the knowledge of the glory of God will fill the earth. That's that's really a missional scripture. We need to help Become part of that. That's that's part of the the thing that's going to happen. And so, some of these other missional scriptures are found in Matthew twenty eight nineteen, and we're going to read a couple of them. But if you're writing notes, Matthew twenty eight nineteen, Mark sixteen fifteen. These are great memory verses. You will get them later in the year for sure. At least one of them. Luke chapter uh, at the end. Of, it's the very last chapter of Luke. Um, the last few verses, 46 through 49. So those are... Let me go to some of these. Um, I'm not going to read Luke 24, but let's go to Matthew 28, 19. I actually want to focus in the, in the in the Mark one. So we're going to hit Matthew. But I want to focus, and it's said differently, and it includes different parts of what Jesus said. Matthew 28:19, and then, like I said, we're going to go to Mark 16:15, and I really I, and we're going to focus on that one. God's missional scriptures to us. Simply, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son. And of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Go and make disciples of all nations, but go with me to Mark 16, 15. So hopefully you get there. Just one book to the right, last chapter of that book, towards the end of the verses. This is what we're going to focus on as this is part of the commission here. In this this last few minutes. It says, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. It says, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But we're going to focus on, go proclaim the gospel into all the world, proclaim the gospel to all creation. We need to go. We 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 need to go. We need to know where to go. This is the right before Jesus ascended to be at the right hand of the Father. Everything else was done. He showed that he had conquered death and hell. He died for our sins. And right before he ascends to heaven, he says, "I got one last thing to say. Now, you go. You make disciples. You proclaim the gospel to everyone, everywhere. I'll be with you." Now in Luke, you've got to tie Luke in there. Don't read those scriptures without Luke because Luke says, but before you do it, wait in Jerusalem until you're endued with power. Wait until the Holy Spirit comes on you. You can't do this on your own, but you have to do it. So do it in conjunction, being filled with the Holy Spirit, but go, go, go. Make disciples, share the gospel. In other words, declare the glory of God. And if we get it right, like I said at the beginning, I want to put a different bent on it. If we get it right, we understand that we're not just talking something. We have experienced the glory of God after we witnessed it. We experienced it. It's now beginning to change us and make us glorious. And now we take that and we proclaim it to the world. We don't keep it bottled up so we can just come to church and bless each other with all of our glory. Glory, glory, glory. Let's just gather together. Let's sing some more songs and just have this great camp meeting. It's great. But the world needs to know the glory of God, not just each other. You know, I I grew up Pentecostal. I mean, like, really Pentecostal. All the gifts. I mean, you know, if there would have been a chandelier, I probably would have swung from it. I mean, I've experienced it all, I've seen it all, I speak in tongues, I believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, I think they're powerful, but one of the problems in some of these Pentecostal charismatic movements is that we all get together and we practice our gifts on one another. We have meetings that all we do is we sing songs and prophesy to each other and the world around us is going to hell. God gives us gifts not just to bless us. Now, He does. We're supposed to encourage each other and bless each other, but He also gives us gifts and wants us to live outside of the box and declare the glory of God. He is glorious. He didn't come so that we could change, He didn't come and say, Get better. He didn't come and say, Stop being bad. He came to change us from the inside out and give us a from the inside out give us a hope. He came to redeem us. He came as to say, stop striving on your own. Come unto me, all you that labor, and I will give you rest. That's part of the glories of God. And when you begin to tap into that and understand that, we go out with a better message. Not repent, you cigarette sucking. Add in the rest of it, sinner. That's not the message. That's a message that was preached for many years. You know, God's going to do all the work as people see his glory. And as they begin to experience it, you know, sin doesn't can't exist in the in the person where the glories of God are growing and being manifested. They go away. So we have to go. Where do we go? Go to your neighbors. Go to work. Go to all the world. Start in Judea. Start right here, right in Big Bear. Wherever you go, go and, and declare the glories of God. And let, let the glory of God in you be manifest in your workplace. You know, it, it, it breaks my heart when I hear that of Christians who have a bad reputation in their anger or in their business or in anything. Not that they're not perfect. Because see, a reputation isn't built from one experience. <laughs> you know, you don't get a reputation while well, you can, but we don't listen to those. You know, Reputations are built with over and over and over and over. Christians shouldn't have reputations of, of, of people with unrepentant anger. They should be built with somebody who's like, man, you know, He used to have an angry angry side, but I'm watching it. You know, just last week, he came up and apologized to me for being angry. Something's changing. The reputation is changing. Go. Be glorious everywhere you go. In other words, let the glory of God shine through you. You don't have to go to a third world country. A lot of people think the mission field is, is other countries. It's really interesting. I feel like there's less of a push to go to other countries. And I think that's fine because they've got believers there. Let's, let's empower the believers that are already there to, to, to manifest the glory of God. And, and sometimes what, what happens with mission, mission work is that, that we don't manifest the glory of God. We manifest the wealth of the, the United States. I've, I've seen it. I mean, there was one – actually, it was David Serrar who was here this year. One of his stories is that, is that uh, he, when he was in Mexico, um, I don't know if it, if it was his personal story or another missionary, came into the country and there had been some mission work there and they just kind of took the spot and, and they started going out to the, to the village and the people just stopped showing up to the, to the ministry and to the church meetings and all these things. And finally, they said, well, what's going on? And they said, well, the other missionary used to give us stuff. What are you going to give us? The glory of God wasn't being shown as much as the wealth of the United States, the wealth of the church. You need to bring the glory of God in all our situations. You don't have to go through, you can. If you want to go on a short-term or long-term, industry, man, I'll send you. There's a lot of jokes I could have made in that one. I'm going you to know, refrain from that one. But, as, as Luke, in the, in the book of Acts also, says, you will be my witnesses. Remember, it's, you've seen it. A witness is someone who, who has seen something happen. And you'll testify against, uh, about that in the glory. You've seen the glory of God. You've experienced the glory of God. You just share that. It says, but, you need to receive power. You need to receive. Do it with the Holy Spirit. We start... In Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, it's important to understand we start right at home, in your family, in your work. And I'm not saying you carry around your big Bible and you beat people with it. (laughs) I'm saying you declare the glory of God, what God has done in your life, and you help people see there is a God who loves you and who wants to bring you so much more life than you can even imagine. I mean think back, all of us have experienced a time when you, you did something, you went somewhere, whether it was, you know, simple as Disneyland as a kid, or, you know, you went to a beautiful island, or you got married, and you had like this thought, like, oh, it's going to be like, it's going to be really cool, it's going to be good. And you got there, and you were like, wow, and it, and it exceeded your thoughts. Have you ever had a moment like that? It exceeded it, but you had no context for how it was gonna be ahead of time. All they said is, hey, I can't can't quite explain it to you. It's just gonna blow your socks off. And you're like, okay, I am prepared to have my socks blown off, bring it on. And then you go and you're like, wow! And you look down and sure enough, your socks are gone there was no context you can be told all you want about it but you just you know what i'm talking about it's like you just have to experience it i've heard about god no listen listen i know you've heard about god you need to experience him because outside of that it's just i just can't explain it he wants to blow your socks off He changes people from the inside out. I think of, of, of the testimonies of people that I've known who, I mean, I've, I've met and known murderers who were changed by the glory of God. Drug addicts. We all know people who had these lives that were just full of darkness. And Shannon and I had a beautiful friend in Guatemala. Her story makes me cry. We met her. We met her down on the mission field. She was from America. She was down there learning Spanish so she could don't just give her life to Jesus and on the mission field. She was she was young. I don't remember how old she was. Maybe 40. And you know, she already wasn't dyeing her hair. She had gray hair. No makeup. She just seemed like a real natural kind of looking person. We just loved her. She just had a love for Jesus. Well, one time she shared her story. And she was so sweet and so just loved Jesus so much that as she began to share the story, I think our jaws opened up and they were like we had to pick him up off the floor. She says, you know, I, I hadn't been saved very long. It was just a, a, a couple of years, I believe. And she's, she says, I was a heroin addict. I was living in the inner city. And she goes, in the day, my last day of doing drugs... She goes, let me tell you, the days were all bad, but let me tell you about the last day of me doing drugs. I sat on the front steps of my apartment. A man would come up. I would turn a trick with him to get 25 bucks to go buy heroin. I'd shoot up. As soon as I got done, I sat on the steps of the apartment and I sold myself to another man for $25 so I could go shoot up. And I did that four or five times that day before the police finally came and arrested me and finally took me out of that. I was broken. I was abused. I was living in hell and God saved me. And she loves Jesus with all of her heart. And I just couldn't imagine the pain and the the brokenness that this girl had gone through for years doing drugs. And she says, I don't dye my hair. I don't do makeup because I don't want anything to do with that. I just want to love my Jesus. That's somebody who didn't just see the glory of God. Somebody received it and experienced it and was changed and they can express the glory of god everywhere they go so we go everywhere and what do we say what do we teach we tell them our story we tell them that that god transformed me and he can transform you see god never made her quit her doing her drugs he saved her from them she didn't want to do them anymore we teach them about The triune God, who revealed himself, God, in three three forms, who revealed himself all through the scriptures, reveals himself to us through nature, and sent Jesus to live a perfect life so that he could die for us because we needed a sacrifice, and he did it for us. We teach the gospel, the good news, that there is a heaven waiting, for all those who call on the name of the Lord. We teach them the memory verses that you're working at memorizing, that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, but the the, the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, and that everyone that calls on Him can be saved. We begin to teach Him our experience of, of learning about Him and how He reveals Himself to us. We, we teach and we say, To other people, God loves you and I want to love you too. Because the new, the greatest, the new commandment that Jesus gave us in John 13, 34 says, love each other as I have loved you. Love each other. We need to love, love, love. We go everywhere. We tell them, we teach them, we show them God's glory through our lives. And we we need to know that he is always with us. He told us he'll always be with us. He'll never leave us. He won't forsake us. You know what's crazy? Is God was with our friend doing drugs, turning tricks, in jail. He was with us the whole way. He weeps over our sin and he, and he woos us to Him. He's always with us. He's been with me every step of the way, even in times that I wondered if he was gone. At the end, he always shows us that he was there. Seeing us through, getting us through the tough seasons. We witness the power of God and the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives and we share it with others. Let me tell you what I've seen. Let me tell you what I've experienced with God. He's loving, and He's gracious, and your sin isn't too big for Him. And He wants to come in and, and have a relationship with you. And you just are having a hard time receiving it because of so many broken relationships that you've experienced, and so many bad men, so many bad women. Maybe some of them called themselves Christians, they hurt you, but God is not like that. We have to focus on the good. Focus on Christ. Focus on the future and focus on our mission. We need to... Church, the world needs this message. They absolutely need this message. That that God is glorious. The glory, the power, the beauty, the holiness of God will fill and needs to fill the whole earth and he's going to fill it through you. Because as you have the glory of God in you, when you go out there, the glory of God is in your workplaces. It's in your family, in you. Let's pray. God, it's hard to even sum this up, but I thank you for the glory of God revealed. The heavens declare it. The earth will be filled with it. I experienced it. I want to be glorious. I want your glory to live in and through me and be expressed to the world. Lord, so that the world might know. God, we know that the scriptures teach us in Luke that the reason that Jesus came was to seek and to save that which were lost. Forgive us for not being part of the reason that Jesus came to help people know the Father to be saved. Empower, encourage, light a fire in us to bring the glory of God to a dark world. A world that's very lost and broken but needs light and needs truth. Thank you that you will never leave us You won't forsake us, and you will fill us with your Holy Spirit to accomplish your mission as we focus on it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If anyone needs prayer, please come. There will be people to come here and pray with you.